illusion, fantasy, and myth. Three standards permeating the gay agenda. So Sue Bolin presents Grace and Truth about LGBT, now on Probe. This week we're talking about Grace and Truth in the context of LGBT, those who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender. What does God think about people for whom this is their primary or even secret identity? After 20-plus years of walking with dear friends dealing with unwanted same-sex attraction, the very first thing that comes to my mind is the deep compassion and tenderness of our God toward wounded and deceived people that He loves very much. I'm reminded of Isaiah's words, A bruised reed He will not break, and a smoldering wick He will not snuff out. People discover attractions toward those of the same sex. They don't initially choose them. These disordered feelings are like the warning lights on the dashboard of a car. They're saying, something's wrong under the hood. Check it out. So in the beginning, same-sex attractions constitute temptation rather than sin. But it easily crosses over to sin when people choose to feed and nurture thought patterns that God's Word says are sin. And God's Word has always called sexual behavior outside of marriage between a man and a woman sin. That's because sex is deeply spiritual as well as physical, and He wants to protect us from the harmful consequences of sexual sin. So I believe God is grieved when people reject His clear biblical statements about sexual sin, as is now happening in many churches and individuals. An important part of the kingdom message is that God changes believers more and more into the likeness of Jesus. That means that God endorses change, which makes sense because growth and change are an intrinsic part of life. But the cultural narrative says your sexuality can't be changed. That's not what some social scientists have found, which is that sexuality can be quite fluid and changeable. There is no magic switch to flip from homosexual to heterosexual, but when people invite God into the woundings and deficits of their earlier life and receive healing in their souls, some can develop attractions to the opposite sex. I've personally seen this happen multiple times. The problem is that people aren't telling their stories, or when they try, they aren't believed. Disordered thinking and unnatural desires are not too hard for God to handle. Remember, He can raise the dead. You've been listening to Probe with your host, Sue Bolin. Time to get your grace and truth up to biblical proportions. Get your free copy of Sue's transcript, Grace and Truth, about LGBT today at Probe.org. Join us next time here on Probe. There's a massive clash between the lies of our sex-saturated culture and the eternal truth of God's Word. The culture says that sex is a need and a right for everyone to experience. Many people believe it's on the same level of necessity as food, water, and sleep. But God's truth is that sex is so powerful, it is to be contained only within marriage between one man and one woman. God's prohibitions against sex outside of marriage are His gift to us, meant for our protection from the painful consequences of sexual sin. They're like guardrails on a treacherous mountain road, intended to keep us from going off the cliff to pain and destruction. The culture says that gender is whatever we want it to be. Biological sex has been separated from gender, how you feel about maleness and femaleness. 
personally, this strikes me as illegitimate as proclaiming that the white keys on a piano are bad and the black keys are good. They're not to be divided like that. God's truth is that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Genesis 1.27. When a baby is born, the first words in the room are still either, it's a girl or it's a boy. Gender is still binary because God still creates only male and female. The culture says that LGBT people are born this way. This lie is repeated so often people assume it to be true. But God's truth is that there's actually no scientific evidence of a gay gene or any other determiner of same-sex attraction. In identical twins who share the same DNA, when one identifies as gay or lesbian, the other one only identifies as gay or lesbian about 11% of the time. If homosexuality were a genetic issue, the correspondence would be 100%. Our culture continues to pump out the illusion, the fantasy, the myth, that sexuality is the most important thing about life and about us, and that sexual identity and expression is where life is found. The truth is that life is found in Jesus and nowhere else. In the old story of the emperor's new clothes, scam artists appeal to the pride of a conceited emperor, claiming they can create a magical outfit for him that is invisible to anyone who's unfit for their position, stupid or incompetent. He parades his new suit of clothes before his subjects, which of course no one can see because it's a scam. But no one will say they don't see it lest they be seen as stupid. Finally, a little boy pipes up and blurts out the truth, but he isn't wearing anything at all. The transgender narrative is the equivalent of the emperor's new clothes. The objective truth is that there is no such thing as magical clothes, and there's no such thing as changing genders. People can only deceive themselves and others, damage their bodies, and mutilate themselves. But our God-ordained maleness and femaleness... Our biological sex is stamped into every cell of our bodies. It's especially alarming when parents, educators, and other authorities feed a child's fantasy that they are the other gender. We would never do that if a child declared herself to be a cat or a unicorn. We would gently and lovingly correct her wrong thinking by speaking the truth to her. But if a boy insists he's a girl or vice versa, many progressive-minded adults are so proud of their wokeness that they rush to board the child on the transgender train. Most often, children who reject their gender are reacting to gender stereotypes. Girls can think that boys get to do cooler stuff than girls, and sensitive boys who love pink and purple sparkly things can think it's better to be a girl. And then both sexes who experience abuse can believe that it would be safer to be the opposite sex. Children never see the big picture, and that's why God gives them parents to help them see their world more accurately. One little boy told his parents he wanted to be a girl, but no one inquired why. They just jumped on the transgender bandwagon. Turns out that when his baby sister was born and consumed a lot of attention because she was very sick, he concluded that if he were a girl, he would get the same attention. This subject is so big, we need to keep talking about it tomorrow. Please join us. 
When a person experiences a conflict between their biological sex and their internal sense of whether they're male or female, that's called gender dysphoria. Various studies have shown that this very painful emotional state resolves itself about 85% of the time simply by going through puberty. It appears to reset things. So the best and wisest treatment is no treatment at all. But of course, wise parents and other adults will continue to speak truth about a child's identity, especially the truth that God, who is good, loving, and wise, chose their gender for them. So we need to receive it as his gift. This whole transgender phenomenon has ignited where children have access to the internet on their smartphones. The illusion of transgender is easily spread by social contagion. Children and teens talk about their beliefs that they're transgender on social media, and their impressionable peers are influenced to start thinking and feeling the same way. The popularity of social media has sped up the spread of this fantasy, especially on the Tumblr platform. One academic who studied the reports of parents alarmed by sudden changes in their children coined the term rapid onset gender dysphoria. Well, anybody who's been around adolescents for any length of time doesn't need to be surprised by this dynamic. Teens copy each other in all kinds of ways. And then... Many adolescents who identify as transgender suffer from anxiety, depression, and self-injury. See, there's this whole constellation of painful mental health struggles all bound up together. We're also finding that a disproportionate number of teens who explore the transgender identity are on the autism spectrum. They already feel the shame of being different, of being other than, and it's easy for them to mislabel themselves as transgender instead of just different. One final note on transgender. We must not go along with the emperor's new clothes story that athletes can compete as the opposite sex just by declaring themselves so. It's not just heartbreaking, it's wrong for teenage boys to rob girl athletes of scholarships and not to mention dignity by unfairly competing against them and demanding to use their restrooms and locker rooms. More and more individuals and churches have come out in support of homosexuality and gay marriage. Why is that? I think there are two big reasons so many confessing believers have allowed themselves to be more shaped by the culture than by the truth of God's word, drifting into spiritual compromise and even into apostasy, which means abandoning the truth of one's faith. The first reason is that millions of people are rejecting the authority of God's word. The bitter fruit of several decades of shallow preaching, teaching, and discipleship is that many believers have been especially vulnerable to Satan's deceptive question to Eve in the Garden of Eden. Did God really say... When Christians ignore or flat-out reject the unmistakably clear biblical statements concerning homosexual behavior, they're playing into the enemy's temptation to justify disobedience by making feelings and perceptions more important than God's design and standards. The second reason is that people have been snagged by the gay agenda. When people don't submit themselves to the truth of the Word of God, 
They're easily shaped and swayed by the six points of a brilliantly designed gay manifesto spelled out in a book called After the Ball, How America Will Conquer Its Fear and Hatred of Gays in the 90s. This gay agenda has been executed perfectly in the United States. You can read the transcript of this program on probe.org for the details on these six points. This is how I see we got to this place where so many people have been deceived. They didn't anchor themselves to the truth of the word of God, and they opened themselves to the cultural brine of this plan to overhaul straight America. I will close with three personal observations about this situation. First, Christians have bought into the culture's worship of feelings over God's unchanging revelation. Second, People love how making themselves an ally and protector of the underdog makes them feel, despite God's design and standards for sexuality and marriage. And third, not enough of us Christ followers are living lives that demonstrate the beauty and satisfaction of abiding in Christ.